One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. She take my money. <laughs> This is episode 111. with Ryan James Locke. Today's episode is brought to you by fiverr.com. Yay, new sponsor. And I love these guys. fiverr.com gives you instant access to millions of creative and professional services from people who love what they do. So if you ever need to get your work done and you have limited time or budget, these are the people to get it done. In fact, this podcast was created by many things from Fiverr. The intro and outro music, fiverr.com. the logo for UID Media fiverr.com a lot of the editing that I've done with the podcast has also been from fiverr.com so if you're looking for people to to really help out with your internet marketing help you improve your search engine optimization and a host of various other things all you need to do is search through the wide variety of talent and find the best seller for you make an order in one click and you're done it's easy to get your work done on time and under budget. With over 150 categories of services offered, you will always find what you're looking for. I mean, there's literally everything that you can find there. I've seen people go sell ads or even stuff like tattoos um on there. So you never know what you can find, but it's always great promo for your stuff. Sign up to fiverr.com. That's f i v e r r.com. Use promo code nomads and get 20% off your first purchase. fiverr.com. Any digital service in just one click. Now, on to the episode. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxen. Welcome to another episode of It's Told by Nomads. Today I have with me Ryan James Luck. And now he's a PR specialist from London, but he's worked with global brands like Disney, Singapore Airlines, Fear the Walking Dead, Mort Champagne, as well as many, many celebrities. So as his clientele has been private as well as consulting with um some of these regular big brands that you hear on, on the news and he had an interesting approach uh to get this interview and we're going to talk about that uh, on on the podcast but welcome to the show Ryan. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So uh, I I was saying you had an interesting approach to to get an interview because it's part of what you do when you when you say 
you get interviewed on three sites a week. Why don't you tell the audience about your background and and then um, how how you got into you know how you you, you know you felt like it's told by nomads would be a great way to share your message. Cool. So yeah, my um, I graduated uh, with a degree in marketing and promotion. Got my first job uh, in a public relations uh, agency in London that did you know high fashion brands and it was very kind of Devil Wears Prada. I didn't last very long. I got fired, unfortunately. I wish I could make it sound more glamorous, but it's not. Uh, and then, you know, the similar, a similar thing happened again. And I realized that, you know, the only way I was going to make this work would be if I did it myself. So at about 24, I think, I found a very well-known uh, PR consultant in London. You know, he did loads of TV and stuff. And I actually Facebooked him and just said, I'd love to take you for lunch and, and pick your brain. And and luckily he responded. So we met at this pub in in East London, and I brought my notebook and just kind of you know took loads of notes and I told him what I wanted to do. I wanted to you know do PR and 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 consult for people. And very long story short, I ended up doing uh, events for celebrities like Ian McKellen when I was you know uh, how old was I twenty six something like that. Mm-hmm. Got very quickly into it. Learned you know learned as I went along, and then. Something funny happened towards probably about three years ago now. I was doing PR for this woman, and I ended up helping her create an online uh, a, a, a product range of, of kind of digital downloads. And she said to me, "Oh, you're a really good coach as well." And I'd never actually, no one had ever said coach to me. I, it'd never been an intentional thing. And I kind of realised what I was also doing with my clients was showing them how to do PR for themselves, like how to get interviews, how to create things and sell them, and all that. But what I was also doing was I was noticing that, you know, you have to have your um, you have to have your thinking in the right place in order to make that happen. Because you know, promoting yourself is it, it can be it can bring up all of your own personal stuff. Right. So I kind of you know had this nice client base of of people, and um, it kind of grew organically into coaching. And people would say, "Oh, I've got this good business coach. You know, he's also a PR person." And I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, as long as they're paying me and, you know, it's all going well, I, I don't really care what they call me. And then, you know, in, in about 2012, I, um, I ended up teaching uh, my first group program to about 25 American business owners. It was all online. It was great. Right. And I taught people how to market themselves and, you know, basically just took what I knew and I put it into very easy to understand steps, like how to get clear on your brand and you know how to talk to the media how to get interviewed all of that kind of stuff so amongst all of that time um or during that time I should say I actually wrote my first book called be your own publicist and it was all about you know how to promote yourself and how to you know how to think like a publicist and yeah so started writing for a few websites as well teaching online and you know like you said working with brands in agencies uh, I must stress those brands I work with in agencies. I was consulting, yeah. uh, and also private clients. So yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of been a it's been a very fun, very fun, very um, learning as I go process. But yeah, I'm very I'm I'm very excited. Sort of you know, ending the year on a high. And I, and and thank you for sharing that. The reason I wanted you to share that was because it, you know people often have this uh, connotation, negative connotation about PR. 
And I, I remember, <laughs> yeah, it's true. When I remember when you, when, did, you yeah. when you reached out to me on Facebook, and you know, you basically said, you know, you know, you're a PR specialist, and you've you've worked with global and private clients, and um, you know, you'd love to yeah. chat with me about being a guest on the podcast. I, you know, and I immediately responded like, I don't know, immediately after, I was like, wow, you know, I really appreciated the fact that you you had reached out to me. It, it was because of something that I admired. Because I was telling you when we first had our call uh, before this interview, I was, I was saying. I've always been one of those uh, people that didn't know how to promote his or herself because I felt like I was coming across as, uh, you know, some sleazy salesman or, you know, <laughs> and I felt like it was better if someone else did for me. But, you you know, you, you know, you essentially wrote the book. You said become your own publicist. And I, you know, I immediately yeah. became fascinated because a lot of the audience, um, they tend to identify with several cultures. And one of the things that you, you do is you, is you, you work globally is, is, is how to, is just, the best way to tell your story across cultures and um yeah, yeah so i i just i just wanted you to, to you know to to talk about that and maybe share some tips about why it's good to become your own publicist and yeah. different ways you can do so well i think i really you know i'm really happy that you actually mentioned how you and i got in touch my assistant actually uh forwarded me a link to your stuff and said oh i think you might like his work you know you guys have a similar style and I don't remember specifically which episode it was, but I listened to it and I just thought, I like this guy. I like his work. He's, <laughs> you know, there's no BS. And yeah, I, I was actually in Lisbon at the time and I, I, I Facebooked you. And to get to it quite quickly, the biggest part of being your own publicist and why it's so valuable is really asking for what you want. Most people that come to me as clients, they have a great body of work. They're very talented but they, they seem stuck and they wonder why things aren't happening or, you know, why they're not getting replies or, or they'll say things to me like, oh, I saw your interview on this website or, you know, your, your workshop on here or, or anything like that. And they'll say, how did you get it? Nine times out of 10, I've asked for it. And that's what I did with you. I just said, I'd love to be a guest on your show. And it was because I liked your work and I thought, actually, I think we would work well together. So in terms of tips, I think the first one really would be keep your eye open and ears open for different platforms, podcasts, blogs, websites, magazines, anything that you look at that you'd like to be in. It, it's much more simple than people think. You know, people, I, I, I heard this, um, I'm not going to name it, but I heard an interview once with someone and they made the whole thing sound like this three month process. And I was like, mate, it's half a morning, you know, at the most, you just have to get clear on where you'd like to appear. And the second thing really is you've got to just, disconnect from it being you personally if I sort of thought about Ryan Locke the person I would get quite self-conscious you know I might not know what to say but I just think of myself as a brand I'm selling you know when I was a publicist for certain people or brands your job solely is to sell them and to promote them and to get them out there and, and as sort of as funny as it sounds now the client doesn't care if you're feeling bad you know if you're having a bad day if you're hungover if you're tired you just have to get results. Right. And that attitude actually taught me to do the same as myself. So in terms of being your own publicist, it's really about saying, actually, I'm not going to wait for someone else to choose me. I'm going to put myself forward and, and choose myself. And it's really about asking for what you want. When, when I had, did my first group program, the, you know, the one I told you I, I sort of taught 25 American business owners, I did the same with them. I emailed the school and was like, I like your episodes. I'd like to talk to you about being on your show. The show went so well, they asked me back for a second one. And then 
we got chatting and I just said to them, look, I don't really want to mess around with back and forth emails. I'd like to teach. And hmm. that kind of, you know, within about a month and a half, I'd gotten like 25 private clients, something like that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's about asking for what you want and not being, not being afraid of coming across sleazy or coming across as, uh, some people actually think that if they ask for it, it makes them look desperate. That's, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that, that's a great point that you bring. You, you just have to ask, right? You, you just <laughs> you just have to ask. Yeah, and the then worst the, thing someone's going to say is no. Exactly. The worst thing someone's going to say is no. You ask, and the thing that I would immediately follow up with is is um, is there an art to asking? Because I, I know yes. some people do say they're afraid or looking sleazy, but there are people that come across as sleazy and with their ask where they where they can say this is what i've done i've done 500 million words blah 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 blah. this is and then you know it's like completely put off and you forget that they're asking you something and almost convincing you that well if you don't ask me to come on your show you must be something else so um (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah i think that's a good point so i'll give you a very quick background and then i'll answer the question so when i was self-employed um, I mean, I still am, but I mean, when I first did PR in London, just to set the scene, if I didn't deliver the clients, d- didn't deliver for my clients, they probably wouldn't pay me. So I wouldn't be able to pay my rent. So just to make it really real, I had to learn all of that stuff really quickly. Yeah. And one of the things I'm quite good at is I'm very perceptive of people. I'm quite good at reading people. And I found that, especially in PR, everybody's a little bit tired of people asking for things. So what I found was one of the best ways of doing it is to be upfront about what you want, but also make it obvious that you're being genuine. So for example, a lot of the time I'll email people, if it's a journalist and I'm you know, emailing them about, say, a client, it would be something like, hi Dave, uh, hope you're well really enjoy your blog, uh, your article last week on seven ways to get back in shape was really inspiring. My client's a personal trainer and I'd love to talk to you about a possible collaboration. Maybe we could give you some exclusive tips too. Let me know what, you know, what, what it would take for this to work for you, Ryan. Huh. Something like that. You want to, you want to say hello and also show that you refer, you know, show that you acknowledge their work, something that you like in particular. And then, don't don't I don't know if you I don't know if you say it in America, but we have a saying, don't beat around the bush. Uh, just yeah. get straight to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean even in Nigeria we used to say that because I'm Nigerian and I when I've embraced. Oh, um, you said yeah, of course. Yeah, no, no. People, trust me, everybody thinks I'm African American. But when I when, <laughs> whenever I do that here, uh, because because of the accent and whatever accent I have that day, and, and they're always like, yeah. So I tried saying that saying one time, which is funny they said that. And then um, I did initially get some looks, but they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, in, yeah, yeah. In, in America, yeah, some people understand you. So, okay. Some. <laughs> but, okay, but, but to stay here, it's, it's um, I love that you did that, you had that approach, because I've had a similar approach when I was trying to reach the executive of a big media company. And I basically said, hey, you know, I'm Tayo. Um, you know, I run this. This is what I've done. Um, I didn't say this is what I've done. I, I said this two articles led me to start this company um i would love and i would love to talk to you more about why you should get involved in nigeria and i just put down some nigeria stats if this is what you're interested in please uh um don't hesitate to let me know and i didn't think i was i didn't think i was gonna get a response at all i was just trying something new and the next day their team reached out to me and it's like we 
wanted to talk to you because we saw yeah. that you did that, and I was freaking out. And the, the reason I'm saying that is I didn't know exactly what I was going to tell them at all. All I did was I just knew I wanted to be in front of this in front of this guy and in front of the median. But then when they came back, and I was like, okay, I got the attention. Now I really need to put together a plan. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it speaks to, to the asking and, and I, I had to change my mindset because I was um, I saw that it was limiting me a lot because I was really just, you know, getting into, um, um, you know, all these um, blind spots and then just lim- yeah. limiting myself more than I thought I would and not giving myself yeah. the opportunities that I need to. OK, so with media, then what is the most important media to target? I guess without what's the most important thing? so basically it's 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 always going to be the stuff that your ideal clients and customers read mm-hmm. so an example is there would be zero point in me doing an interview with a sports magazine i don't work in sports none of my clients do sports and i don't know how to coach in that world so my clients tend to read things like they listen to stuff like yours they listen to business podcasts they read business websites they want to learn so they, they read a lot of how-to stuff. The first thing, it's about getting clear on what your, what your audience read, what they want, what they're looking for. Yeah. And it's really easy. I, it, there's three things I tell people to do. First thing, ask your current clients, you know, hey, I'm doing a bit of a survey. Could you tell me some of the websites you read? If you're not comfortable with just asking them for that, you can offer them an ebook in return or some kind of, pro, uh, some kind of gift back. Second thing is ask previous clients, you know, how did you find me or what do you read or, you know, the same thing. And then third, you want to also ask other people in your industry, oh, just wondering what kind of, you know, where do you get your information? Uh, Do you know any any cool podcasts? You know, don't, again, it kind of comes back to asking actually. Um, And I think that that's really important, especially with, you know, especially with, with what we do in the, you know, the media, the media is constantly looking for content. And a lot of people, you know, they think, oh, I'm not sure if they're going to want to write about me or I'm not sure what I should say. Or, you know, that that can come later. You know, I can give tips on that. But the first thing, it's really simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Just what do your clients read? Gotcha. Gotcha. Just and it all comes down to asking and asking the right questions. And, I, and, and yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's a. Uh... It's a, it's an art that we we've uh, as a society of have uh, not grasped yet, but especially our, our generation sometimes it's it almost I feel like because I went to all the formal education, I got my MBA, I got everything, and you know you're almost programmed to think in in a certain way, and and not doing the, uh, you know things that are quote unquote unconventional. But it's it's Very crazy much. it's crazy to say that the unconventional thing is to ask, you know they they tell you to frame it in this way, you know. Do this, that, do that, do that, do this. Don't come across as that. But sometimes I, I find, you know, that being direct uh, with the purpose is a lot quicker uh, yeah. and a lot more effective uh, to helping you get your. I your, think your, you save a lot of time, actually. You know, I think the truth is, of course, don't be rude and don't be sort of blunt with it. But you know, you save a lot of time. A lot, you know, a lot of people tend to, they kind of waffle on email. Mm-hmm. And then, and they kind of. I sometimes read an email and I think I, I I'm unclear what you want. I, I I agree very much so about our generation, especially we're kind of people. I think we're. I think a lot of people are quite confused. You know, they want to start a business or they want to start a brand, and they, they get stuck in this kind of constant consuming more information. 
And, you know, forgive me for being a bit crass, but I've said to people before, you can't mentally masturbate your way into getting something done. You have to actually just do the thing. You have to, you know, you can edit that out if you want. But no, 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 no. Hey, no, it, it's on. It's, true, it's on. Know? This is, it's, keep it the way it is. Ryan, you're done. <laughs> you know, but, and it's true. It's mental masturbation. It's, it's constantly reading about, I'm going to make a six figure this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow this strategy. Again, just do it. You know, st- I often say to clients of mine who are overwhelmed, don't read anything else. Don't study anything else. Don't listen to anything else. Just focus on the one thing we're doing this week and get that done. Mm-hmm. And whether it's media or it's, you know, setting up a brand or it's uh, launching a work, you know, anything. It, you, you can't think your way into doing it. You have to just actually do it. You know what? You know what I believe, Ryan, though? I believe today, in today's world, today's digital uh uh, landscape, especially when you're trying to reach, you know, people across cultures. I, I believe that people are their own media companies, or they can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that might be such a strange thing to say, but I, just, you know, I think we're, we've never been in a time where, you know, you've got RyanJamesLock.com, I've got TyRoxon.com, as well as you know, UID Media. People can essentially start their own, their own platforms. I mean, I'm using the yeah. podcast right now to reach, to talk to you, and you're in, you're in. Uh, south of france right and i'm in new york mm-hmm. yep. yeah but that's there you go that's the point i think you had a great video on your ask ryan show you were saying just start i think um what yeah, you, just do it yeah what are you becoming just a publicist or being your own publicist or trying to triple your business and, and impact with media like you like to say it's all about just doing it you're going to make mistakes but then the only way you can learn especially in today's fast uh moving world is you just got to start Right. You just got to start. And I think actually, you know, it's not necessarily just specific to PR. I think it's especially relevant in anything, whether it's a life or a business goal. If yeah. you waste lots of time with waiting to feel ready or, you know, waiting to feel like things are in a different place, what you're really going to find is you won't get anything done and you'll feel very stuck. You know, it, it, it again, it's kind of like, to really illustrate the point, it's kind of like reading about going to the gym. Yes. You, you can read men's health all day and think about the big guns and it's going to be great and whatever, but you actually have to get out there into the gym and lift the dumbbells and it make it hurt and do the work. And, you know, I, I do think that that's something I, I say to people a lot. I mean, I, I didn't ask why today someone from London emailed me um, and said, I want to start doing videos like you've done and, and content, but I, it, it's a, it, she's a female. Um, I, should I get hair and makeup done? And should I, uh, I, I've been talking to a professional, you know, geographer. Would you suggest I hire them? And I just literally was like, not at all. You don't need to pay people to look perfect. Just pick up your iPhone and do some videos, you know? Right. No, it's so good. And um, stay, we talk about you just starting. Can you talk about your mistakes, some mistakes you made, uh, and what you learned from them? Loads. <laughs> Loads. Um, mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Um, okay, one of them, I think, is not trusting my instincts. I had a client, I don't want to say too much, but I had a client once who I kind of knew wouldn't really be a good fit, but I took them on anyway, and they just became a lot of trouble for me and for a colleague of mine. Uh, so that's one. That's one mistake I, I've oh, I've sworn I won't make again is not listening to my instincts. I think if your instincts tell you not to work with someone, don't work with them. Uh, another thing would be 
I kind of got a little bit. Um, so when I did after my second course, which was called a track. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Enjoyed your clients. I just finished this big round of teaching loads of business owners and I, I tried to launch something without doing the, the sort of prep work. I sort of just assumed, oh, I've got this following. They're going to all buy it. And the whole thing just fell completely flat. So I think an, a, another mistake that I, that I definitely made was assuming I didn't have to do the work. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I know get that. Uh, one of my clients, she was very well known in the UK. She's quite famous. Uh, had books out and all that stuff. And she said the same thing. She said, you know, I got very cocky with it and thought that people would just buy me or buy all my stuff and, you know, no one bought anything. So, again, I think that that's a mistake a lot of us make is we kind of assume that we can put something out there and it'll just sell. Yeah. Trust your, trust your instincts, do the work. Trust your instincts, trust instinct, do the work. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, just to be really real, a mistake I made recently, I, someone was quite rude to me and I, I told them what I thought of them. It was in a slight. It was kind of in a professional setting. Um, looking back, do I wish I'd been a bit calmer? Probably, but you know, they were so rude. I think I, I don't want to say what I said, but I just said something like, "You know, you're really not very professional and not very nice." And and the reason I, I don't mind sharing it because it was wrong of me. I, I I didn't want to sort of let myself go to that level. Um, but this person had, you know, they've made remarks about me and said quite unkind things, and I think. Another mistake we've got to be mindful of is not feeding the trolls. Mm. Uh, you know, don't don't let people who you know some people unfortunately are unkind and they are a bit negative and they they just want to get a reaction out of you, especially if you're doing your own thing. So I would be very happy to s- sort of say to people, you know, try not to rise to it. You know, cheap, one person can't have an argument. You know what I mean? So if you don't engage, it's it's not an argument. Right. Right. Gotcha. No, I, I, feed the trolls is, is such an important thing right now because um, I'm like you in many situations. I'm very direct, and sometimes when I get frustrated, I just I start speaking my mind. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I had a recent um, encounter where we had a group uh, working on a project, and then the, you know it became increasingly clear that we needed to uh, disband because the dynamic wasn't good. Yeah. And um, you know, so you know, three of us decided that we were just gonna you know sort of tell the other person that we were moving on uh without the person and then you know we we did that but um and it, it was necessary i don't regret doing that but 
I almost felt a little a little guilty by by how direct that was because it, it almost became like an intervention. Um, but uh, intervention, yeah, yeah. But you know, sometimes though, I, you know, I, I don't regret the decision. But you know, when you talk about the approach, I think you learn from that. You like you know, maybe you could have done it one on one, or you could have done it in in a better way where it seemed like less of an attack, or you know, you could have you know done that type of thing. But I, I you know, I think those are those are like you said, mistakes are very important for us to grow. And um, that's just the reason I wanted you to share that because I, I think, yeah, you know, when someone's listening to the interview, that you know, they're hearing about how you became your own publicist, how you've landed those big clients. But I also wanted to give them that you know the the you know the the backdrop as well that you know it's not all you know rosy initially. I mean, the mistakes. No, will, no, 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 yeah, no. The mistakes will lead. daily efforts. Daily, daily efforts. Yeah, I'm not going to drop the F word, but <laughs> it, I, I think that's something else. You know some of the best advice I could ever give to someone is don't be afraid of getting your hands dirty just get stuck in start doing things start trying things and you know you will turn around some days and go oh I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have done that I wish I hadn't told that person that you know what I mean I, 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 we're all human beings um, I went through a stage um, after I taught one of my courses and I'd kind of been given some slightly bad advice so I, st- I kind of tried to put on this someone referred to me as like an entrepreneur and and or used all these lovely kind of buzzwords and it kind of threw me into like oh no what if people know that you know I don't know I swear or people know that I I find this funny or I, I know it probably sounds silly now but what I think you've got to always do is always be real and it's okay if you make mistakes in life in business you just got to sort of Make amends where you can. You know, don't be afraid of saying sorry. I've done that before. People have done that to me. I got an email a few months ago from someone saying, just wanted to say I'm sorry about how I spoke to you and, you know, hope we can be cool. And I just replied saying, you know, awesome, thanks for the email. You know, of course we are, don't worry. That's another thing. People sort of, people get, I think if you're afraid to make mistakes, you don't get anything done. Yep. Yep, completely agree. Now, uh, obviously, Orion, you're not... All business. What about um, yeah? You know, you grew up in, I guess, in a similar way than I did. How many? What was your expat. childhood? <laughs> what was your child? Yeah, like an expat. What was your childhood like? Childhood. So I, yeah, it, it, that's one of the first things I think you and I kind of clicked on. Uh, childhood was very colourful. Um, I'm very close to my parents. We're 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 a very close family, which I'm very blessed about that. But we um, grew up in England till until the age of about ten. Then lived in America for two years uh, in Virginia Beach. Hmm. Loved that. That was I was heartbroken when we had to come home. I just was absolutely like, I don't want to live in England. I hate England. <laughs> Obviously, I don't now. Don't I don't want anyone to get offended. But I kind of was about you know I was like twelve years old, and I went from this school on the beach or near the beach, and this amazing social network of friends, and we had a pool and it was lovely, great weather. And I came back to this like English boarding school in the countryside, which is, you know, it, it, it is as bad as it sounds, the contrast. <laughs> and, you know, I remember in my American school, you could say things like, I don't feel comfortable with that. And they kind of go, oh, okay, so, you know, what else can you do? And I said that in my school and they were like, what? You know, there was just no like, he thinks he has rights. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so then I did obviously finished, uh, finished, I think you guys would call it high school. It yeah, was probably school, the equivalent high of high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. We call it senior school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then went. To, my parents then moved to Holland. 
So I went back and forth, you know, between England and Holland visiting them. And then, uh, I'm sorry, before that there was Singapore. See, oh. even I get confused. So after uh, going back to England, that we then went to Singapore for two years. Then back to England, I moved to London, they moved to Holland, and then um, went back and forth between there. And then they went to back to England again, and then back. Then they uh, went to Canada, and I'd never been to Canada. I had no reference point. I, I honestly just didn't even know what to assume. I just thought Canada, like can't imagine what that's like and um went to visit them for christmas about three years ago and literally ended up staying two years i just absolutely loved it there lovely people had some great friends um people are as nice as they joke about in canada like immigration asked me how my flight was you know which was very <laughs> which was very funny kind of you know with different airports and stuff it, it i kind of thought maybe they're joking with me and there's some trick here uh, and then, yeah, and then I, um, after Canada, then I moved back to London permanently and my parents moved to the south of France. Oh, wow. And now you are in south of France right now. Sorry if that was very Oh, no, it's good. Yeah, this this yeah, is yeah. typically how the, the guests, it's the same stories. I'm familiar with this. Why did you move around so much? Was it, is it your parents' job? It was my dad's job, yeah. Yeah, they, um, and then he's kind of, he's consulting now. So, see, my dad's a consultant as well, which is funny. Um, and we're, you know, we're really close and I learned a lot from him, but yeah, because of his job, we kind of got posted, uh, around every few years and then he changed careers and then it was the same thing with kind of overseas contracts. Right. And I think, you know, one of the things, one of the things I think is very good about it is when you're always the new kid, you have to learn very quickly to adapt and you have to learn very quickly to, um, what's the word? not adjust, but like you have to learn how to work with where you are. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I couldn't have been in living in America talking like, you know, some English kid from the country and expecting things to go that way because people, it just doesn't work. Right. So I think it's actually done me a lot of good in my business because I'm, I'm able to speak to different people from different cultures and sort of tune into them quite quickly. I mean, did you find the same? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember, so my dad's a diplomat, so he had similar uh, path with you where, we were we would go back and forth, uh, and you know, it's one day it would be Sweden, it'd be Burkina Faso, it'd be Vietnam, and I, I remember vividly. This is you know your Virginia Beach experience was for me my uh, Burkina Faso experience, uh, and that's another oh, country in West Africa, it's a French speaking country. You know, up until that point, yep. hadn't spoken uh, a look of French, but I, I was going to a French speaking country in an American international school, so I I, I remember being pretty much overwhelmed but also excited yeah. but it was around the first time i was really around europeans and americans and initially it was it was um i it was a shock i was like man i all these people all these things all these different sports i only know how to play football i used to say football at yeah. the time now they call it they call it soccer there but um soccer, yeah, yeah. yeah i had to adjust i had to i had to really adapt but I had to learn the art of being yourself through all these changes. Because initially what I was doing when I thought the solution would be was to to be like them. But I saw I was still unhappy. So then I, I just figured out my connectors, you know, ways that I could connect. And for me, I've always been fascinated with sports, geography, and pop culture. So with sports, you know, I learned how to play basketball, tennis, and every other sport. And now, you know, I'm, you know, I love sports. And that was the way I started learning how to connect. And those after-school activities led to more, more bonding relationships. Same thing with uh, 
but you know geography whenever i meet someone i'll mention the capital where they're from and that would endear me to that so i learned the art of small talk and very growing, small growing up yep and when i came back to nigeria you know it was almost the opposite where oh this guy you're not even nigerian anymore and and to this day i that's that's probably the question i hate the most when someone someone says uh, how how nigerian are you i'm like <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't i didn't realize there was a scale oh trust me trust me uh the, the, there's uh there's uh, definitely a scale sometimes it's like ah oh, yeah yeah but it, it it as i started to do more business it became like you said it, it's a skill you can have I, I think with people that grew up grew up like us and expats and a lot of people in the audience you you have two choices you know you can have the negative view of it like you always move and you lose friends or you can see it as as a way where you bridge between cultures and businesses uh, and you can see it as an asset i always yeah. say it's it's a way to 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 foster innovation in your work foster creativity and foster foster a different mindset because you you've grown up everywhere you inevitably see things from a different lens uh, and that's a unique way to solve problems so it's a unique way to solve problems and i think i really like what you said about um you know, you learn very quickly, like the art of small talk. Yeah, I think that's a skill that we really undervalue in universities or in even in like in business books. You know, small talk doesn't have to be really dry, boring networking talk or elevator pitches. Small talk is about endearing yourself to that person in a genuine way. And actually, if you can learn how to do that, you know, I'll give you an example. I've, you know, spoken to people before. I, I spoke to um, a journalist. I was working in an agency a few months ago, I was consulting. Journalists are notoriously, in, in this kind of section of the media, very difficult to get hold of. And when you get hold of them, they're very like, what do you want? You know, why are you bothering me kind of thing? Right. And I, I pitched a client and she was like, it's not really interesting. I, I can't see how I could do anything about that. And I said to her, okay, if I call you back in five minutes with another idea, will you listen to me? And you could see someone, someone, someone in the agency was like, "Oh my God, who the hell does he think he is?" You know, in a good way, kind of thing. So I just sat there and was like, "Oh God, I've got to do this now." Came up with an idea, called her back. I ended up getting a double-page feature for oh. the client in one of the top newspapers in the UK. But the reason I did that is because I I was comfortable enough to make small talk with her and banter a bit. And when I got her back on the phone. You know, I said to her, I, I, I referenced something I'd seen on her blog. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a dog or something. And I was like, oh, I've got two dogs myself. Well, three dogs myself. And, you know, I grew up with them and, you know, they look really cute. What's their name? And because it was genuine and it wasn't kind of like, you know, I wasn't trying to sell anything. I was just making conversation whilst doing business. It, it, it really kind of got me in there. So, I, 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 you know, I agree completely with what you said. You know, and it's, you know... When you grow up in it like you, like this, it's it's noticing the different things. You learn to be very perceptive of of several things because you have to take in your environment yep. very quickly. And and like you said, those conversations I've had that many times where, you know, I notice a slight change that no one would have thought was important. And you're like, wow, you remembered. Yeah. Um. And I appreciate you yep. for that. So it's um, it's interesting. All these countries. That's a really good point. Oh no, that's I, a really good point. I think so too. Yeah. I, I and I <laughs> I never was. Uh, th- I mean, my mom. My mom raised three boys. I'm the oldest of three boys. She always used to tell us. She, this is how she used to tell us. You know, girls like it when guys, uh, you know, notice every little thing. And then I just, you know, it makes you look cooler. But I, I then I just started applying that to every single 
person when I would notice, like, I would remember a specific conversation we had or or I would follow up with someone and say, hey, how was that thing that you were talking about? Did he actually end up doing it? And it's the simplest thing, but it's one of the most effective things. Totally. If you could, I think that's the point, isn't it? It's, you know, we're all so busy. We're all so, uh, not, I don't want to say stressed, but we're all, you know, everyone's busy. Everyone's got lots to do. Everybody, I think as well, is kind of a little bit tired of people wanting things from them or trying to sell them things all the time. If you can notice things about people, you know, oh, I really liked when you said that, or I thought that was funny, or, you know, anything like that. It, it, it does actually kind of create a bond that most people don't notice or, or wouldn't wouldn't notice to do. Right. You know what I mean? People, I, I got an email that said something like, uh, hi, I'd like to network with you. When are you available for Skype? <laughs> and I kind of, I, I wasn't rude. I just emailed back and said, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> just seriously, so many better ways that you could have done that. Yeah, it was something like that. I want to network with you. Come with Skype. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you see, that's what I was trying to tell you earlier. That I, you know, the ask. There's an art to ask it. Like that is an incredibly uninspired way to ask someone for anything. I mean, that wow. <laughs> I mean, would you? How would you want to network with someone when, when people do that? That's that's the point. You've got to find that connector. And another, yeah, yeah, make an effort. Yeah. You've <laughs> also, I think also another sort of sorry to jump in another piece a piece of advice would be I think you've got to be prepared for people to say no and be rude. Yeah. And don't be afraid. It's the same thing with if you're afraid of making mistakes, you won't start. I, you know, the same day I had messaged you, I I actually messaged somebody else as well. And they wrote, they're quite well known. And they, they wrote me back a really rude reply. Like, who do you think you are? I bet you don't have as many followers as, as you, all this really obnoxious stuff. And, I kind of just wrote back and said, mate, that's cool. Like, there's no need to be a dick about it, whatever you want. You know, <laughs> obviously it's not going to work. It's cool. Yeah. So that's something I'd also say to people listening is, you know, almost, you know, be prepared for it to happen, but don't let it upset you. Because I think if you go in thinking everyone's going to say yes, you can get upset very quickly. If you go in thinking, oh, no one's going to be rude, you can get upset very quickly. You know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. And again, don't be afraid of people being rude or because it will happen. You just have to kind of go, okay, no worries. <laughs> no, I, you're completely right. If I, um, well, we're getting ready to wrap up here, but I wanted to ask you sure. t- two questions. What, what your favorite country was that you, you've lived in or visited and mm-hmm. um, how you use your difference to make a difference? Uh-huh. <laughs> country would be, uh, am I only allowed one? Oh, you can you can go. You know that's that's part of the things. It's hard to choose. You can go. Okay. Money. See, I left out. Unfortunately, I left out that I lived in Ibiza for a year as well when you I wrote the hypothesis. Yeah, you left amazing. that out. <laughs> I did leave that out. Actually, wasn't deliberately, but subconsciously, I was probably thinking, "Don't talk about that." Um, yeah, I lived in Ibiza from twenty twelve to twenty thirteen, um, and I wrote. That's where I wrote Be a Publicist. That was my favorite because it's just. a beautiful island and it's just it's as beautiful as it looks and the music's great and the other favorite is definitely canada i love the quality of life people are so nice the weather's kind of the weather's not amazing but i i really felt very at home there i don't know about you but you know moving around so much some places you just feel at home yep absolutely very quickly you know and i liked as well that you know 
they got my humor, which was important because <laughs> I go some places and I'm like, it doesn't translate, does it? You know, yeah, probably yeah. just think what an idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and how would I use my difference to make a difference? I, I love that question. I, what springs to mind is I really like, I, I really like empowering people to actually get their stuff done and get what they want. I sort of like to bust this, you know, I like to bust the myth that everything has to be in place first. You have to feel ready first. You have to, the stars have to line up. You have to feel confident first. I, how I like to make a difference is to really give people the tools to learn how to promote themselves, to learn how to ask for what they want, to to essentially create what they want. Because I think underneath it all, we all just want to be happy, right. really. Right. And what gets in the way of that is a lot of, uh, it's a lot of just bad thinking, you know, thinking, oh, I'll start my web series next week when Saturn meets this planet or I'll start when I feel really confident. And it's interesting because I know we have to wrap up, so... I oh, no, no, take, a, up, take, a, take, a, take a time, take a time. Whew, thanks. Um, <laughs> you know, in terms of making a difference, yeah, I think it would be when, you know, when clients email me saying, you've changed my life because I've finally got this stuff done. Right. That's what I like to do. I like to help people who've got a good message, get their message out there. You know, it's not hard. You just need to kind of learn a few bits. You need to ask for what you want. You need to sort of, and, and just sort of, just start, really. Sounds like a very simple message, but the most powerful advice I could give anyone listening would be just start. Whatever it is, just start. Get in, get your hands dirty, start making stuff happen. Perfect. No, I love it. I love it. And and. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a very way to to use your difference to make a difference because it's a lot of the hard you know people make the hardest things uh, sometimes a lot harder than need to be. I mean, the simplest things sometimes harder yeah. than need to be. And, I um, agree. Yeah, totally. And um, you know, you've you've uh, you've just broke down different steps, and it's it's all about starting. You net you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So. <laughs> It really, nice, I like that. That would yeah, be a good tattoo. Yeah, yeah. I can forget we said it, but it's 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 one of those things that it. I just said, wow. When I heard it, I was like, that is so true. I think it was Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. But it was one of those. Just things. say you said it. We'll just uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Copyright <laughs> goes to me. But um, Lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's that. So where can we find you? What are you up to? And um, how can the audience get in touch with you? Cool. So on Instagram, I'm RyanJamesLock86. I post daily Ask Ryan videos. People email me or inbox me questions about growing and promoting their business, and I reply to nearly everyone. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Ryan James Lock, be your own publicist, you yeah. know, uh, quite fitting. And my <laughs> website, which is at the time of this, we're, we're actually in the process of, of redoing it, is uh, RyanJamesLock.com. But I'm very, you know, I'm very accessible. If anybody wants to talk about, you know, uh, different tips or working with me, my email is Ryan at RyanJamesLock.com. Perfect, perfect. I'll definitely put all the links out there. Make sure people get get Thank to you. Thank you very much. Oh no, this has been a pleasure. I always enjoy. Um, you know, I was telling you earlier, I enjoy conversational interviews. I think it's um, it's a lot easier to 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 dig into and to get into the, uh, the you know the mind of uh, the person. And I I love that you're you know you're being honest. But you know you you're you talked about your mistakes, you talked about your success, and you talked about yeah. uh, the art of simplicity, <laughs> which is art of simplicity. You know, just get stuff done. Yes. Get stuff done. So, so thank you so much. We'll, we'll definitely make sure that this you. goes out. And um, thank you for spreading your time. Thank you for your time. 
You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.